Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Blanca Cobb, I am delighted to have you on the show today. And I was trying to remember when we first met, I think it was through the Matchmakers Alliance. Yes. Right. I do believe you are correct. Yeah, because I was a keynote speaker yep. for an event that you all were having. Yeah, for an event. And we uh, we saw you, let's see, you came on a cruise with us. That's right, I did. And it's it was so fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> Who knew you could be a <laughs> keynote speaker on a cruise, right? <laughs> we have the best time on our, 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 my husband always laughs like, oh, so you're going on your conference, huh? <laughs> like that's yes. right we're cruising on this we're, conference we're cruising and and is it actually I mean just for anyone listening imagine and this year it's going to be our biggest yet we have like up to 80 people I think we're at right now uh, matchmakers awesome. all around the world getting together to talk about love and you you know everybody that's involved with in the love industry are like the most dynamic interesting empathetic like creative people ever so right. you're just right. So you're looking around, you're making new friends, you're seeing ones you've had forever and the connections are like no other. So it's like literally the best industry to be in, in the world. I love it. So I'm so glad to see you today. So for those of you who don't know Blanca, she's an internationally recognized body language expert, and she's been featured on tons of national TV. Um, and she is also a writer and, um, I know you've been on a bunch of podcasts and you, mm -hmm. what I think would be so interesting to talk to you about today is talking about romance and dating and all sorts of communication issues that pop up, um, and sort of, you know, what, how you would advise people to how, how to read body language so that people can move forward or not maybe in a relationship. So I'm just going to jump right in. How's that sound? All right, let's okay. go. I'm ready. Let's do, let's do it. Okay. So let's talk about dating and body language when okay. and flirting and all that kind of stuff. Um, how can someone tell on a first date or first meeting if the other person is interested in them or not, according to body language? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to get the person's baseline. So you just can't meet someone and make a decision if you've never seen them before. You really need to get a sense of how they typically act. How do they, how do they answer questions? Do they look at you? Do they not look at you? Are they fidgety? Are they still? How do they use their voice? Are they hand talkers? What is it about them that makes them them? That's okay. what you need to do first. And then... Then he can start saying, well, they're getting a little closer to me, but a little while ago, they weren't as close. This could be a sign of interest. Oh, they're touching my chair now. They're getting a little closer. They're moving their chair closer to mine. That's not what they were doing earlier. So that's why baseline is so important because you want to be able to read people correctly. Okay. And 
part of that interest is what I did say earlier. And that's proximity is a very big one, right? Mm-hmm. They, people, you want to get close to things that you like. You move away from things you don't like. Okay. Eye contact is a big one also. Mm-hmm. When we are interested in someone, when we like someone, we tend to look at them. And mm-hmm. sometimes we'll look at them a little longer than we might somebody else because we're really captivated by this person. Yes. So that's really important. Touch is a big one. Let me just add that. Touch yeah. is very big. And I'm talking about appropriate touch here. They might reach out and touch your hand. They might touch your arm. They might touch your shoulder. And it's a fleeting touch. Okay. They might touch you when they think you say something is cute or funny. And, okay. it, and it's also a gauge to see how you respond to the touch, whether you like it or not. Okay. And I've heard, I've done a lot of reading up on this and learning from you and other people in the industry. Mm-hmm. When somebody's eyes get bigger, which is like a very involuntary situation, or when their eyebrows go up, it's almost like I can, I want to see you even more. And it's, it's something that people don't even realize that they're doing. Would you say right. that that's a very good indicator that somebody is interested in you? It can be. So that's a physiological response. And what you're talking about, Lori, is when the pupils get dilated, when they get bigger. And and yes, that does happen when somebody is interested in somebody else. It's a physiological response. And what about so their it's eyebrows? It's definitely a good sign. Eyebrows yeah, that's, up? That's, a, that's an eyebrow flash. It's a universal, okay. it's, a, it's a universal sign when somebody like gives you that eyebrow flash. It's like, right. hey, how are you doing? I'm, it's so nice to see you. Or, Woo, look at what you're wearing. Or, Woo, don't you look hot? Or, Woo, don't you something? So it's, it's a very good sign, provided it's paired with the smile and other body language that shows interest. Okay. So if you randomly run into someone and their eyebrows go up, and they're smiling, are, should you naturally That's a think good sign. they're interested? It's a good sign. They're into me. Right. Or maybe they're surprised to see you or, oh, I haven't seen you in a while or oh, whatever, but it is generally it's positive. Okay. Okay, good. Um, so when it's interesting because I just got some feedback from a date that I, that I sent out and the woman mm-hmm. said she didn't think the guy was interested in her because he wasn't looking her in the eye. It was kind of all over. His eyes were all over and his body was was turned away from her. But then when I got his feedback, he said that he was in fact interested in her. So it was a complete like confusion. (laughs) Um, And I explained to him that women need to see that eye contact and whatnot. And we talked about body language, but Mm -hmm. how do you know when something is, and obviously when you hire a professional match drinker, you get the feedback from both, but not everybody's doing that clearly. So how do you know if you can trust the, the body language, or maybe somebody is just socially anxious or nervous or something. Well, you bring up a really good point. When people are nervous, they tend to look around or they're not sure what to say, or maybe eye contact could be a little intimidating. So mm-hmm. I don't want for anyone to say, oh, they must not be interested in me. That's not necessarily the case. With time and conversation, people generally will become more relaxed. So that's why that baseline that I was talking about earlier is critical. Because in those few moments, if they're looking around, they're not sure, you know, that's part of their baseline. So you know not to read too much into it. But if they can still hold a conversation, ask engaging questions, tell you that they're interested, right? Give you those non-verbals like, "Mm," or nod their head or Tell me more about what you're talking about. That sounds fascinating. Or uh, how did you get into that field of study? Or why is it that that you're in the 
in the profession that you're in, if they're engaging with you in other ways, you have to look at the totality. You have to look at the context and the bigger picture. You, I, body language is not to be read in isolation. And then you also want to cluster. So you want two or three or more. Now, although you did say your client said turning away and the eyes shifting. So that's two body language signs of perhaps not being interested. But in those moments, think, what were we just talking about? How long has it been since I met this person? Is this enough time for them to relax? And to think about yourself. What are you putting out there? And that is so critical because what happens so much is that people are always focusing on the other person's body language, but they forget that they're part of that equation. What mm -hmm. if you're throwing some nervous signs or what if you're too intense? Mm -hmm. It could be that you're too intense and you're just like staring them down. Mm -hmm. that, that could make them uncomfortable, but you don't realize that that's what you're doing because why we don't walk around with the mirror and look at ourselves all the time. Right. So it's hard to know. Is it possible to actually simulate, like be intentional about your body language with someone and, and they'll receive it sort of subconsciously? So like, in other words, I've read before that if you touch your clavicle um, for a woman, that's like the one spot um, that only, you know, a lover would, would be touching on you um, and, or a man, either one. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, if you, apparently, if you like kind of touch your clavicle, it, it shows like I'm touching my clavicle. I want you to be touching my clavicle or kissing me on my clavicle, um, which if people don't really know, it's kind of like the upper part of your, your breastbone, like right below your, right um, yeah, right there, right, right where your esophagus is. Yeah, exactly. Below your shoulders, um, the bone. So if you do that, is it like you're sending a message directly, indirectly, you know, not everybody knows that you you're up on body language that you're interested. And then the other person could think, huh, they're really into me, um, unconsciously, subconsciously. And then in turn, they become more interested in the other person because they want to re respond to that attention. Can you create it's that? It's not, it's not just the clavicle. You just can't touch your clavicle. This can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Okay. One, it could be, I'm nervous and I'm self-soothing because mm. when we touch another part of our body, mm -hmm. we might be doing it because we're nervous. We need mm -hmm. a little bit of comfort. Right. So we will touch our arm, our shoulder, or play with our hair, whatever. Okay. Okay. So it could be a self-soothing gesture mm -hmm. or two, you might be sending a message, but it's also one of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. When you touch your clavicle or you expose your neck, for example, as you're talking, mm -hmm. you're not as guarded. So you're sending a silent message that you feel comfortable enough to show some vulnerability. And that's what people pick up on, even though they may not be able to label it. However, if you're touching your clavicle and your shoulders around it and you're moving away, that right. sends a very different message. If I'm looking and I'm smiling and perhaps tilting my head and then I touch my clavicle. Exactly. So it's more than just touching the clavicle. It's what else is going on at that same time. Totally understand. But I, and also, can you create romance by being very intentional about your body language? Absolutely. You can okay. be more engaging with your eye contact. You can mm -hmm. look down and look up. You can mm -hmm. smile. You can wink. You can get a little closer. You can modulate how you're using your voice. So mm -hmm. you absolutely can be intentional. Just like when you're angry with someone and you want them to know that you mean business, you can change your tone of voice and make it a little stern. Mm -hmm. You can give them a more a, a, a deeper 
a glaring look that me, that lets them know that you mean business. So yes, you can definitely be intentional with your body language. Thank you. And I think that's really important for people to understand flirting doesn't necessarily mean this very outward thing. It can be very subtle. And I think it does occur just naturally, but sometimes I think people aren't just aren't even in touch with themselves. And so we need to think about like, what does my face look like right now? Do I have a smile on it? Am I, you know, can I push past some of the anxious feelings I might be having being on a first date and needing to think of conversation by leaning forward, by touching his arm or her arm, by, you know, making really good eye contact, all that kind of stuff. I think it's important to kind of keep those, some, some of those key points in the back of your mind, um, because it can break the ice. It can make people feel a lot more comfortable and it can lead to something more than it not, you know, than not period. So, um, okay, that's great. Let's talk about this, how to know if you can trust someone. So is there a way that you can find out sooner than later, if somebody is a cheater or a liar, or just like trying to like play you and get, you know, jump into a bed for a quickie or something like that. Like, are there some easy tools that we can use to determine this? That's a very great question with a complicated answer. And it really depends on the individual, what their end game is and what, and, and what their style is. Some people will be more direct in trying to get you into bed, meaning that they might tell you a dirty joke or tell mm-hmm. you a dirty story to see how you respond. Mm-hmm. And if your response is like, Ooh, I'm interested or I'm mm-hmm. captivated, or then they're going to be like, yeah, all right. Got her, got mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Right. If they tell you something and you're a little reserved or you give them a puzzling look, you can say, I'm furring my eyebrows right now. Then they're getting the hint. Okay. Maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't going to go in the direction that I want. Mm -hmm. Um, Also listen to how they talk about their life and the people in their life and their past relationships, or even stories about other people. If they do the blaming game, if they tell you a story about somebody and say, yeah, well, he didn't act that way, then it would have happened. Mm. then that's telling you about their mindset in an indirect way instead Mm -hmm. of them saying, yeah, I'm a player and I'm a cheater and I'm a liar. Mm -hmm. Most people aren't going to come out with that. So it's really paying paying attention to what they say. And then also being astute enough to analyze their words when they tell you things to see if it even makes sense. The thing with liars is this, they will tell partial truths. It's very uncommon. And it doesn't happen very much that someone will totally fabricate a story. And the reason they don't is because it's hard to remember. Mm. So if they can anchor their lie in the truth, it makes it simpler for them to remember and to talk about whatever it is, whatever that lie is. So pay attention. Does it make sense? What are they not telling me about the story or about themselves? Are they skipping over time? When people skip over time in a story, that's something they don't want for you to know. If they start in the morning and they jump over the whole day and they go straight to the evening, mm-hmm. why is that? What happened during the day? Is it Was it really not important and not necessary for the story or could it be something more? So pay attention. Listen to pronouns is another good way to, to, to see if someone isn't being truthful with you. Do they mm-hmm. change their pronouns in the story? If they talk about a he and it goes to a her, or they're talking about one person, but then it changes to people or vice versa. Hmm. It's what doesn't make sense? What doesn't fit? That can really give you some insight as to whether they're leveling with you or not. 
Right. And when people are in love or they're like, you know, very intimate with someone, they can, they're, they're going to see past this. Their heads are going to be a little cloudy, I think. And that's why it's really important to be very present and sort of, you know, wait even on that intimacy piece so that before you get to, you know, really know someone, um, because you, you have just a more clear head to be able to determine really who, who that person is and what their character is all about. Right. And some, some early signs, how do they address other people? Let's say you're out to dinner. How do they address the server? Is it babe, sweetie, honey? Mm. And they don't even know this person. How are they saying it? Mm -hmm. That gives you some insight. If, if with just random strange people, they're very flirty and you have to decide whether that works for you or not. Mm -hmm. Listen to, to, again, what they're saying, how do they tease with you? A lot of people will use jokes and funnies and silliness to gauge your response and your openness. Yes. And a lot of times people will tell a joke and they're like, oh, I didn't mean it. A lot of times they did because they're trying to gauge. Mm. So you mm -hmm. have to just pay attention to that mm -hmm. and then go with that sixth sense that you have. We all have it mm -hmm. because that lets us know that maybe something isn't quite right. And if you don't understand something, I encourage you not to jump the gun to a conclusion, but to ask questions, say, Hey, you just said something. And I'm, I'm not sure I quite understand what you mean. Can you explain that? Mm -hmm. Ask them. And then yeah. how do they respond to that? If they get defensive and like, what? You're just, you're so stuffy. You're so this, you're so that. Well, then, you know, that's not a very open person. Or they're like, oh, I didn't realize it came across that way. This is what I meant to say. And they explain it. Yes. So it's, it's, it's asking questions, but it's also how you're asking the questions. So you have to come from a place of curiosity. Mm -hmm. Because when you come up from a place of curios curiosity, then your body language completely shifts. If you come one from blame and how dare you, guess what? Your body language is going to show that. And so is your tone of voice. Yes. Wonderful. And then let's talk a little bit more about you and how you evaluate people when you meet with them. Like how are you like always looking for that baseline to see just and any kind of encounter? Are you always evaluating people or is that, does it just take so much like brain power to do that, that have have the time you're not doing that. How do you, how do you Blanca interact with the world? My body language is always on idle, meaning I don't turn it off because it's just part of me. But when mm -hmm. I do meet people or I see people, I do try to get a sense of their baseline, not mm -hmm. because I want to catch them in something. It's because I want to understand them. I want to okay. see, are they open right now to talking? Maybe they're mm -hmm. not. And it has nothing to do with me. Yes. So maybe it's better just to say hi and can't wait to see you again but it gives me a sense of who they are. Are they open mm -hmm. to talking to me? Maybe there's something on their mind. Maybe they had a really great day and so they're super bubbly and that's something that I can share with them, that enthusiasm. It mm -hmm. just really helps you understand somebody else when you can read their body language. So that's something I do with, with everybody because I don't wanna talk to somebody if they'd rather be by themselves or they're not in a good mood right now. I can let them know that I care, Yeah. but I'm not gonna push myself on someone. So what's and, like and a that's sure, just, yeah, no, thank you. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, I, I was just going to ask like, what's a surefire way? Say you go to a restaurant and you're on your own and you go sit at the, at the bar to grab something to eat. How do you know if the person sitting next to you is interested in talking to you or not? 
normally what will happen is someone will say hello or they'll smile or they'll look at you or they'll turn to face you. They will do something mm -hmm. that lets you know that they're open. Okay. If they turn their head or they're reading or they're messing in their phone or you try to communicate and they're like, yeah, or mm, then you know that they're really, they don't want to, to engage at that moment. Again, don't read into it and think it has to do with you. That's not necessarily the mm -hmm. case. But you can just really read those positive and negative body language signs to let you know what's happening for them in the moment. Okay, that's good. And you can use that also if you go to some kind of singles event. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Where everybody's mm -hmm. kind of there for a reason, but say you walk up to someone, you try to engage in conversation, they're kind of looking around the room, looking for their exit strategy or not making good eye contact, then you can kind of read between the lines there. Yes. And in that situation, I would encourage you that even though they might showing you some body language signs that let you know that they're nervous or they may mm -hmm. not be into it, are they mm -hmm. still talking? Are they still making attempts to communicate? If they are, take that as a good sign. Yes. You don't want to automatically dismiss somebody because they're mm -hmm. not as gregarious or as comfortable as you are, mm -hmm. because you miss the essence of the person. You miss that opportunity to, to, to start a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that could so be your baseline. Let you know. Right. Yeah. That yeah. could be the baseline where they are. And then you can see how they react to different things that you bring up. Um, exactly. What about, let's talk a little bit about your backstory and our remaining time. Um, mm -hmm. When I met you, you were, you were married at the time. And then yes. since then, and I know you've got kids since then you've been, you've divorced. Yep. I divorced. Mm -hmm. And now you're dating someone for quite some time now. Yes. I have been dating someone for the past 14 months. And She's I have got a huge smile on her face, by the way, huge. <laughs> I, the I biggest have, I've ever I, seen. <laughs> I've never been happier. Aww. I didn't know. I didn't know that a relationship could be this healthy or make me this happy. And I'm getting teary high just thinking about it. I'm so excited for you. And I mean, you're in your forties, thirties, forties. I can't you tell by so looking kind. at you. <laughs> you no are idea. so kind. I'm in my early fifties. You're in early fifties. Okay. Okay. So, and you had a long-term relationship with your, with your ex-husband. So this, yeah. I want, I want to bring some hope to folks out there that, you know, maybe looking for that next chapter in their lives, um, that, that you can have an incredible relationship in your second, third chapter, whatever. What did, how, Absolutely. what did you have to do to get to a place where you were able to receive that? How did you meet your boyfriend? Tell us everything. I was with my ex-husband for more than half of my life. So that lets you know. So a very long time. And after that, I needed some time for me just to decompress, just to deal with the hurt and the pain and the regret and all those other feelings that you feel mm -hmm. when a relationship doesn't work out. And it's different for everybody. For some people, it's relief. There was some relief in my situation too, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And I just needed time. I did go out with somebody um, and that didn't work out. And the timing was off sometime right after the divorce. Okay. And then I was like, over a year, nobody, nobody at all. I, I was just, just taking care of me. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic was right in full swing also. Mm -hmm. And then my daughter, who's in college, she was like, one day she told me that she was on Tinder and she was meeting people and she was having so much fun. And I'm going, wait a second, she's 
doing that. I was like, well, I can do this because I've really been against dating apps. It's just mm-hmm. a Blanca thing. So many people have met the love of their life on dating apps and have gone on to have great, fabulous relationships. But for whatever re- reason, I was resistant. Mm-hmm. And then I just said, well, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I jumped up on, I jumped on one. Mm-hmm. And then I met him. I don't remember how many weeks later. And then we just, uh, we connected. And from the time we talked on the phone, we moved to from telephone conversation to FaceTime to meeting in person. Mm-hmm. And we have slowly gotten to know each other mm-hmm. and realized that we were connected in so many ways and same values and interests and just the passion for each other and for life that we complement each other in so many ways. And the biggest thing that he has brought to my life, which I didn't have for so long, is peace. And mm. I do believe that people undervalue peace in a relationship. Mm. He's, he's absolutely incredible. I could not be happier. That is so interesting that you use that word peace, because what I always say to people, the two feelings that you should have when you really meet the person you should be with is like excitement, like sexual excitement and chemistry and a feeling of home. And that's peace. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people just go with the chemistry piece, but they're not feeling peaceful inside. And that's not going to be a good match long-term. We have both. Yeah. I'm delighted. A lot of chemistry and a lot of peace and a lot of happiness. I'm so, so, so happy for you, Blanca. It couldn't, couldn't have happened to a better person. And I'm, I'm really glad it's funny because remember I tried to set you up once. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) That was a mess. Yeah. But it was really interesting to get the feedback (laughs) from the body language expert herself. I was like, oh, okay. um I'm taking notes. I, I, I had forgotten about that, but yeah, I, you did set me on one. I, yeah. I did. And then I thought about somebody else. I was like, nope, she's not going to, that's he, she's not going to like him. It was that kind of moment where I was like, no way that will never happen. He loved her, but she wouldn't like him. Um, so I, it's just funny how that all goes down. Do you have a favorite charity? Oh, a favorite charity. I don't have a favorite charity per se, but I am a big supporter of folks who are struggling with Alzheimer's okay. and their families. Okay. Okay. Um, wonderful. So maybe we'll put Alzheimer's association down for your philanthropy. Um, that would be great. How can people find you? You can find me on my website, BlancaCobb.com. You can find me on Instagram at BlancaCobb, on Facebook at BlancaCobb-Body Language Expert. And I'm also on YouTube. Blanca Cobb, body language expert. Wonderful. Well, it has really been delightful to see you and thank you for all the tips and tricks. And um, if anyone has any questions for Blanca, you know where to find her. And it was really a pleasure. Great to see you again. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Lori. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.